0: Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Cade Howell, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, I hope you're having a great day so far. Today we have a fun topic. We're talking about five of the biggest reasons you might not look like you work out. I'm not not saying you don't look like you work out. You probably do, but if you ever feel like, man, I... I go to the gym, I feel like I'm putting in the work, I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but I still just don't I don't even look like I work out. Then this episode is for you. I know I've definitely been there. Sometimes I still feel like I'm there. You know, there's there's something to being your own biggest critic, which that's that's another another episode for another day for sure. But if you do these five things or I guess don't do these five things because these are five of the biggest reasons you might not look like you work out. I promise one day you will <laughs> look like you work out. I can almost guarantee that. Not quite promise because there's a lot of other factors like genetics and things at play, but if you avoid doing these five things or if you address these five things, your your chances of really achieving that dream body, getting the results that you want to are way way higher so without further ado let's dig into five of the biggest reasons you might not look like you work out all right number one is switching things up way too often just kind of going into the gym doing whatever you're feeling like for the day doing random workouts that you saw on social media the day before not really having structure with your workouts and this is one of the most common ones. All of, all of these are, are really common, but this is definitely up there with one of, if not the most common ones on the list. And it's because it's it's fun to go in and just do random things and whatever you feel like doing for the day. That's one of my favorite things is like when I'm traveling, I go to a gym that, you know, I don't have the same equipment that I usually do at my typical gym. I like just going in, trying out different machines, just kind of doing whatever I, I feel like for the day. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially if it's just occasional, like you're, you're just doing it every once in a while, but it could be something that's holding you back if you're doing it consistently. And the, the tricky thing is, is in the beginning, which this is how most people start out is just kind of going in and doing random things. I don't know really anyone that started out following like really solid training program, doing all the right things, focusing on progressive overload, having good exercise selection, things like that. Like we all start out with taking a a less than optimal approach for sure. Um, And it works in the beginning, just going in and lifting in general, regardless of what you're doing, you're probably gonna see progress from it you can pretty much go into the gym and look at some weights in and see progress you have the kind of the newbie gains in the beginning to make but that doesn't last forever and so a lot of people see that oh I, i'm making progress from this and just doing random workouts like i don't need to you know have a bunch of structure i just need to go in and, and lift they see that that leads to progress and so they think that that's the answer And then, you know, a couple years in, they wonder why they're not seeing progress anymore. And a lot of the times it's because they don't have the structure that they need to as their body adapts, as they get more advanced, you just, you need more thought within your, your training to really see the progress that you want to. And one of the most important things to really seeing progress is being able to progress exercises over time. And if you're constantly changing your exercises, you're never really getting the technique and the coordination down on those movements to get the most out of them. You're really training your technique and coordination more than the actual muscle fibers. Because if you think about it, the first time you did, let's say, a barbell squat, it wasn't just week one of doing that. You know, you were. You had the technique down like everything was spot on and you're really able to to challenge the muscles you're probably all wonky and your form was all over and it wasn't something that yeah you might have gotten sore from it and you you challenged the muscles in some ways but you weren't getting the most out of it and if you did barbell squat on week one and then you switched it up and did a leg press the next week And then you go and you do some walking lunges the next week. You're never getting used to any of those exercises to be able to get the most out of them. So I think a good general rule of thumb is with those bigger compound exercises like any squat variations or deadlift variations, presses, rows, um, things like that, the bigger movements that involve more muscles you want to really keep those in your training program for as long as you can so you can get the technique down. It's going to take at least a few weeks, if not a few months to really dial that in so you can get the most out of them. So those are the ones that it's it's much more important to keep those in for a longer period of time. And then the smaller isolation exercises, your bicep curls, tricep extensions, lateral raises, things like that, you could swap those out more frequently. And that's where the balance of enjoyment. If you really enjoy variety with your training, it might be worth swapping those out more often just so you enjoy your workouts more. You're more inclined to stay consistent with them. And you you might see better progress doing that because you're more consistent compared to following the most quote unquote optimal approach, even if it means you hate it because you're, you're probably not going to stay consistent with it. So you have to weigh those trade-offs, but still Ideally, you do keep even those smaller isolations in your program long enough that you can really dial in the technique, get used to everything, and, and be able to progress them over time. Which leads me to number two, the the, the second mistake on, on the list. And this is another very common one, is just not progressively overloading. And progressively overloading, it's basically fancy words for just making things a little bit more challenging over time because if you think about it if you just go into the gym and you do the same thing over and over you do the same amount of weight for the same amount of reps every single week your body is going to adapt to that initially and yeah you might make some progress from that in the beginning when it's a new a new thing for your body but eventually it adapts to it it's not getting any more challenging so why why should your body need to get stronger build more muscle why would you expect to see progress from doing the same thing over and over? You know, you need to make things a little bit more challenging over time. So your body has a reason to adapt. So your goal really should be to progress week to week. It's not always going to happen. But that's the goal in mind is like you want to beat whatever you did the last week, whether that's through adding a little bit of weight to the bar, maybe adding a rep in some cases, adding a set. Um, I think the most underrated way to progress is through improving your form. like the, you can you know slow down the eccentric, like the, the lowering portion of, of the rep. You can increase your range of motion if it's appropriate for that exercise. Um, you can just improve your, your form overall where you have more control throughout the, the whole rep. So there, there's a lot of ways that you can progress, but the, the biggest thing, is making it a little bit more challenging over time. So your body has something to adapt from compared to the previous week. And a little little side tangent that I think I've talked about this in the podcast in the past, but my favorite way to um, set up like a, a progression model for clients is through something called double progression. So instead of going in and doing like a specific rep target like let's say 10 reps on an exercise, you're going to pick a rep range, let's say 8 to to 10 reps. And you're going to pick a weight that's going to be really challenging for the bottom end of that range, which is going to be 8 reps in this example. And you might not get it right off the bat, you know, you got to get a feel for it and get the weight dialed into what's what's challenging for eight reps, which is another reason why you shouldn't be switching things up super often because it takes time to dial things in like that, like how much weight you should be using. So let's say you pick a weight that's challenging for eight reps. What you're going to do is each week, you're going to aim to add one rep using the same amount of weight. So if on week one, you used 100 pounds, week two, you'd, you used 100 pounds for eight reps, week two, you're going to aim to do 100 pounds again, but you're going to try to do nine reps. And if you get that on week two, week three, you're going to try to do 100 pounds for 10 reps. Now, once you get to the top end of that rep range using the same weight, you're going to add a little bit of weight to the bar. So you might go up to 105 pounds. And this is typically going to drop you back down towards the bottom end of that rep range. So then you might get eight reps With 105 pounds and then you just continue repeating that you go week two uh, nine reps with 105 pounds then 10 reps with 105 and then you go up to 110 pounds and it's a way that you have like two progression levers instead of having to just add weight every single week or add reps every single week it's a way that you can kind of cycle through that and it's a really really effective way to progress over a long period of time so a little side tangent but that's a way that you can progressively overload. Now, number three is you're not pushing close enough to failure. So chances are you're a lot stronger than you think, which means you're most likely leaving a few too many reps in the tank, which we have some research on this that you should probably be leaving no more than about three or four reps in the tank in in most cases to see the best progress. And this is another thing where in the beginning, when you first start lifting, you don't have to push super close to failure to, to see progress. But as you get more experience, as you get more advanced, you have to challenge yourself a little bit more. Your sets should be uncomfortable. That last rep should slow down quite a bit. If it's not, you're, you're not pushing your... not pushing very close to failure you're not pushing your body's limits and usually when you do an exercise it feels a lot harder than it actually actually is like if you've ever recorded a set in the gym which you should i would i recommend doing that because then you can check your technique and how close to failure you are um you'll notice that when you were doing that set it felt like oh man like i was really close to failure but then you look back at it and like that last rep wasn't that it? Wasn't that slow compared to the first one. Um, so it's something that you, you want to make sure that last rep that you do, you know, without a doubt, you couldn't do more than another three to four reps. If you could, you know, you, like I said, you can still see progress that way, but it could be something that's holding you back because you're just, you're not pushing yourself as hard as, as you think and as hard as your body needs you to, to continue seeing progress. And I think the best way to figure out if you're training close enough to failure is to occasionally push yourself to failure. You do want to be smart about the exercises you're doing this on. Like don't go and do barbell squats or barbell bench press and go all the way to failure. Like pick pick an exercise like bicep curls. And one thing I like to do with with some clients is it, it's definitely client-dependent, but I like to program testing weeks every once in a while towards the end of a a training cycle where we've progressed through the whole cycle that's it's usually anywhere between like six to ten weeks for a lot of people at the end of that when we know that we should be pushing pretty close to failure because we've gone through this double progression model we've progressively overloaded week to week to week which is what leads to progress i like to throw in a testing week every once in a while which is pretty much we're going to do AMRAPs on a lot of exercises, which AMRAP stands for as many reps as possible. So on like a bicep curl, I might tell them, okay, you're going to use the same amount of weight that you did last week, but you're going to do as many reps as you can until you cannot get the weight up anymore with good form. And sometimes you find that Okay, last week I thought I was really close to failure with 12 reps, but I got 16 and I failed on the the 17th rep. And so then it, it's just a good way to learn like okay, where is where are my failure points? And then you can set up your, you know, training, your the amount of weight you're using, the reps you're doing kind of around that. So that's number 3 is not pushing close enough to failure. And then number 4 is your nutrition just isn't aligned with your goal. And this is another very very common one because you could be working your tail off in the gym if but if your nutrition isn't allied, aligned with what you're doing in the gym, you're going to be spinning your wheels for a long time. Like if you're in the gym and you're wanting to build muscle, like that's your your biggest goal, but you're eating in a big calorie deficit, you're not getting enough protein in, you're not eating hardly any carbs, like you're not getting, you're not setting your body in the position to be able to have the fuel that it needs to really, you know, fuel your workouts and recovery and actually be able to to build muscle. Just like if your goal is fat loss and you're doing everything you can in the gym to lose fat, but you're not focusing on your nutrition and you're just eating whatever you want, you're never going to see fat loss because at the end of the day, Fat loss comes down to mostly, mostly nutrition. So the two most important things with your nutrition are calories, number one, and protein, number two. If you get these two things dialed in along to, with your workouts to kind of match what you're doing in the gym based on your goal, you're going to see progress. There's a lot of other things you can dial in, like you can you can dial in your macro ratios and. All of your specific food choices and things like that, but at the end of the day, calories and protein are what matter most for building muscle, losing fat. And if you're, you know, consistently under eating protein um, and and over or under eating calories, you know, I don't want to say that you're wasting your time at the gym, but you could definitely be getting much better results with a few changes to your nutrition. I've recorded. A bunch of podcasts on on that and how you can figure out how many calories you should be eating and protein and, and things like things like that. And if you ever wanted to shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll help you you know figure this stuff out, I'm more than happy to do that. Just DM me at Howell underscore Fit. I'll answer any questions you have. I'm always always happy to do that. And lastly, we have number five, which is this is the one that gets pretty much everyone. It's just that you haven't been consistent for long enough. You know, there's there's really one thing that you can't shortcut in fitness, and that's time. It takes a long time to really see significant progress and and to look like you work out. You're probably not gonna get there within your first couple months of working out, maybe not even your first year, maybe even not your first couple years, but if you do all the things that I just went over in this, obviously there's there's a lot of things that play a role like your genetics and other factors um, outside of just these things that are gonna play a role. But if you do these things, I promise you're gonna get there a lot quicker. I can't give you a specific <laughs> specific time frame because it depends on everyone, but I I hate to break it to you. You're just not gonna make a crazy transformation in your first few weeks or even first few months of, of working out. And honestly, it's going to take longer than you'd like it to, but I want to be the one to tell you that so you can have the right expectations going into this, because that's the most important part. If you have these expectations of, okay, I'm going to get two months into this and I'm going to, you know, look exactly how I I'm going to have my dream body. And, you know, it's it's going to be a lot more challenging to stick with it once you get to that point And it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't get to where I expected to be compared to if you go into it knowing that, okay, as much as I hate that this is how it is, it is going to take time. It's going to take at least six months of really being consistent with this to see a, a significant change. It's probably going to be a couple years at least to get to you know where I want to be. If you understand that and expect that going into it, yeah, it's challenging to you know make that commitment and and commit to doing something for that long, but you're so much more likely to get to the, the end outcome. So that is that's a wrap on everything. Just be patient. You know, the only thing between you and you know the, the person that you want to become in fitness is it's time, you know, doing doing these things and giving it time. So with that said, be patient. Do do the five things that, that we went over, and I promise it's gonna make your fitness journey a lot easier and you will look like you work out. And who knows, maybe you already do, maybe you're just too big of a, a critic, because that is another very common thing. You're you're a big self-critic, a lot of us are. So, anyways, I hope you guys got some takeaways from that. If you like I said, if you have any questions or want advice on anything, just shoot me a DM at how underscore fit on Instagram, or you can email me, I have all that stuff linked in the description of the podcast. I also will link my free body recomposition handbook. It has like, it's like 80 pages of uh, pretty much everything you need to know to build muscle, lose fat. Um, it took me months and months to do the research and put everything together, with the training, like the example training programs, nutritional guidelines, a bunch of different diet recommendations. So if you want that, it's free. You can click the link in the description and I hope that helps you. And I will chat to you next week. Thank you again for tuning in and listening. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And if you did, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story and tag me at Howell underscore fit and leave the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions about coaching or need advice on anything training or nutrition related, shoot me an email at the email linked in the description and I will talk to you guys soon.